0: Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we are talking to Jason from Ferndale Radio, 100.7 FM. Check it out. All right. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Jason from Ferndale Radio. Jason, how are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing great today, Chuck. I'm so happy to be here and uh, ready to talk about some community radio.
0: Awesome. Awesome, man. Uh, you know, I was talking with you just a little bit before we started going and that, you know, I basically stumbled upon Verndale Radio because I was, I just bought some records at Found Sound and I was walking through the Rust Belt and you guys were on the radio and I ended up popping in there. You invited me in there to talk and uh, we chatted about music for just a you know hot second, but I was like, ah, I got to get I got to get hold of Jason and get him on Fans with Bands. So thank you so much for being on this uh, the show.
1: Oh, I mean, I, thanks for having me on Fans with Bands. I, I mean, I, I really love kind of the synthesis of what Ferndale is about and, the, you know, what you're doing um, with the podcast. And yeah, just perfect that we're here to talk yeah. about. Uh, The radio and the music and the the community that's around uh, music in this area. I love it.
0: Yeah. So how did you get started with Ferndale Radio?
1: So I would like to start off by saying uh, Ferndale Radio is an entity that has been over 10 years in the making. I just really got on board as a DJ within the last uh, year and a half to two years uh, through a friend network. Of people who uh, were already connected with Ferndale Radio, uh, Ferndale Radio um, before I got involved, and and I, I I basically show up to an infrastructure on Saturday mornings that has taken ten has taken over ten years uh, to make. So um, back in like 2010 2011. There were um, these three friends. They actually lived in Royal Oak at the time. Um, Michelle Murawski, Dave Phillips, uh, uh, who is Michelle's husband, and Jeremy Olstein, And they were friends for a long time. They had a history of college radio uh, back when they were in school. And so they were just talking about casually, you know, having beers on the porch. And they're like, you know what? Wouldn't it be nice to have the college radio around here? Um, and Jeremy, as as it turns out, um, Jeremy Olstein uh is a teacher and manages another community, so he manages the Kuzno High School uh radio station oh. in Warren. Okay, and so he's really involved in like community radio and all this, and yeah. so they put all the hard work into it, they've put 10 years of blood sweat and tears into this whole effort so really i just i always want to honor them um yeah, michelle yeah. dave and jeremy because they had the vision um to really and they had the vision and the determination michelle tells this great story about how you know, once they started dealing with like the FCC, and once they started dealing with like the regulations, you know, some of the enthusiasm was starting to wane. <laughs> right. And Michelle like kicked the boys in the butt, and she was just like, "No, this is going to happen. We're gonna work this out, and we're gonna have Ferndale Radio. We're gonna have community radio." Um, and they had a vision, and I'm so grateful that they saw it through, and and uh, we can all benefit from that today
0: yeah so what 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 kind of coverage area does that because I know you know it says it's a low outage station like do you know roughly what kind of area in in Michigan that covers?
1: yeah, so our signal strength is um pretty dainty (laughs) i mean it's um so if you can imagine um well you were at the rust belt so the rust belt is like an old converted like federals department store on the corner of nine and woodward in ferndale michigan you know this this building was built in the 1950s and 40s or maybe even before then you know to sell uh home goods and wares and all that stuff it wasn't set up to be uh a radio station of course but also what it's turned into um which is the rust belt market the rust belt market um is the genius of chris best he's the guy who really got the rust belt market off the ground and he agreed with or he agreed to partner with uh Jeremy, Michelle, and Dave, not really partnered, but agreed to allow Ferndale Radio to broadcast from the Rust Belt Market at 9 and Woodward. So if you can imagine 9 and Woodward, um, our tower only extends 25 feet above the the building's roof. So the radio signals are not – they're not uh, surpassing the curvature of the earth at that height. In fact (laughs) – If you know where Nine Mile is and you know where the Detroit Zoo is north and you know where like the state fairgrounds are to the south and you know where like Oak Park is to the west and Hazel Park is to the east, that's really the border of what we're able to transmit. But last year through a fundraising campaign and grassroots and like a lot of, um, you know, hard work and, and fundraising they were able to uh, set up our streaming infrastructure. So now if you go to ferndaleradio.com, you can stream us globally. In fact, that's what's been very cool in the time that I've been a DJ, which kind of coincided with them having this streaming ability. Okay. Because um, we have DJs now who come on, who have friends and family, in uh phoenix or um in colorado or florida and you can stream across the country and and globally to um anybody which has been really really fun
0: that's awesome that's so cool so uh you know what was your journey how did you get involved with ferndale radio
1: so it's funny. Uh, during COVID, it seems we all have a COVID story. I, <laughs> I know. Yeah, everybody's got a COVID yeah. story, right? I have a few of them actually, but the one that's <laughs> pertaining to uh, my involvement with Ferndale Radio is, um, and this is the spirit of Ferndale Radio. In fact, um, Jeremy Olstein described it as just like listening to some tunes with a friend or neighbor, because that's exactly who they are on the radio. They're they're probably your friend or probably your neighbor and during the covid pandemic and the shutdowns and everyone's isolating and i need music i need live music i need to talk about music with people so we just started this little facebook group um it was like a mixtape so it was uh-huh. uh it was a weekly kind of potluck mixtape where you know we we i think at one time we had like up to a 100 people on facebook oh, who yeah who every week you know, sometimes we had themes, but mostly it was just like, Hey, what cool song do you want to throw on the mixtape? Yeah. And uh we all, you know, everybody loves mixtapes, especially of our generation. I mean, I, I don't I the kids now, I mean, yeah, they make their playlists, and I guess yeah. it's um you sort
0: know sort of that's a kind variation of, of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a variation, but we all know like the classic mixtape, you know, on the Maxwell 90 with, (laughs) you know, two sides, you you know, you scribble in the song titles and maybe if it's someone special you're sending it to, maybe you put a few hearts or some sort of artwork (laughs) or, and you always put the most thought into like song sequencing and like intention. It's just, it was a craft. It was a really a talent to make a great mixtape. So we kind of took that spirit into like the Facebook because just because it was easy not cuz we like are particularly enamored with Facebook but it, you know people were on it and it was easy so we every week we would have these like 40 to 50 song playlists <laughs> and um one of the one of the women uh who was in in that group um she's a neighbor and a friend of friend of our mine and um Audrey culvert and Audrey was already a DJ and and this is kind of how it works what i've found is it works is you kind of you know, somebody who's already a DJ, they kind of, I I don't know, vouch for you or kind of um, point you in the right direction. But um, Audrey was like, Jay, I really love this mixtape. It's a great kind of uh, relief from the, all the pandemic bull crap. And um, so Audrey actually gave my name to Dave Phillips, who, you know, uh, I don't know if he was president at the time, but um, they have a rotating board. But the board kind of like the board definitely runs the station and they bring on on DJs to help fill these spots. Yeah. And uh so one of the condition or one of the um ways that you get on the DJ list is uh you have to send dave a mixtape <laughs> so i was so worried i was so funny like like it was like he was some paramour and i was trying to like you know court him or something right. but i was like man what is dave gonna like because i i didn't know dave until after um they let me on the radio um who dave is a totally sweet he's a great guy he's 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 him and his, michelle is really those two, I mean, it's a group effort, but those two are really, you know, part of the heart and soul of of that radio station. And, uh, you know, I remember trying to mix up my tape a little bit. I think I had some seventies funk in there and some like, Oh, what did I have? Oh, I had some, uh, band of horses. I think I had some, um, yeah, I was all over the map. But I was trying to, <laughs> I was cool. trying to like keep it. I was trying to keep it like broad because I didn't, like I said, I didn't really know where where Dave was coming down on it. Yeah. Um. But they, but they, 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 they're like, okay, it's tolerable. I think that's kind of where they came down <laughs> with. It. Like, this didn't, it didn't like hurt their ears in in any kind of offensive way. So next day, I know Dave sent me an email and was like, hey, we're gonna invite you on the Facebook page, and because uh, that's where they uh, they have a a local facebook page and, and that's where everyone kind of signs up for dj shifts and okay. uh yeah so then i was in so really i owe my connection to audrey who you know um i don't know i will have to follow up with her and see how she got in but <laughs> yeah um, but yeah and and it, and that was two years ago and since then it's grown you know we have our dj lift list is continually expanding and one of the things i love about it is um you know now i can You know, I've brought some other voices, some other DJs into the, into the, uh, the rotation, you know, each DJ kind of brings some, somebody new. And then honestly, like just the, our connection, the way you and I met through the open door at at Rust Belt. Like people just stop by and they're like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. I want to get on, you know, I'd love to have a slot or can I play some songs? And <laughs> really, it, 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 I don't, I don't have the email in front of me, but if you email, um, I think there's actually a link on the Ferndale radio.com, an email, uh, address. And if you're interested, if anybody out there is interested in, they, you know, want to learn more about Ferndale radio and how to become a DJ, yeah. um, Please find that email. I, I should probably look it up, or maybe maybe we well, could add yeah, it later. Yeah, I'll, yeah,
0: I, I'll I'll be putting together like show notes and everything with links and stuff after when we when this gets posted, so we can definitely get it on there.
1: Cool, cool. Because I would encourage I would encourage anyone who's ever interested in you know running a, a two hour set or you know being a DJ or being on the radio, either having college experience or radio or high school radio experience um or even i mean it's it saddens me to say but you know there, 20 30 years ago detroit was a great radio market yeah. and it was filled with great radio personalities great radio dj's the sad thing that i've seen happen to radio in a, in the last 30 to 40 years is it's gone national, it's gone corporate, it's gone syndicated. So now, even if you turn on a station that's broadcasting from the Fisher Building or downtown or Southfield or wherever, um, chances are that that the content is coming from, you know, outside, somewhere else, you know? So, and that was really to get to the heart of it and to kind of talk about, you know, the community aspect of it. That's really what I think at the heart of it, that's what Ferndale radio is all about. It's like this really hyper local uh, focus. And, you know, radio has so much competition for our ears that it didn't have 30, 40 years ago. Streamings, podcasts, you know, um, all this stuff. But the way radio, I believe, can really carve out um, a spot that other forms of media have even, you know, the new, the new forms is like having that really local focus. Yep, That's what you do. I love <laughs> So that's why I feel like there's a, like this symbiosis <laughs> between like, right. you know, what you're doing and what Fernand radio is doing. Because it's kind of getting at the heart of like, okay, yes, we're not, you know, some global corporate, uh, you know, mega channel, what we are and what I think people want and crave are these like really hyper local voices, these local outlets, this connection between your neighbor yeah, and the, you know, the music on the radio, like that is a very special lane to be in. And I feel like Ferndale radio is thriving and will continue to thrive because I genuinely believe there's a, there's, enough listeners out there both streaming and in their cars that you know this is a refreshing break from the expected kind of pablum that you would get on you know a corporate radio station yeah
0: serious or whatever right you know they've got like the dialed in you know dj that make you think you're still listening to like a, a homegrown radio show or it's like some kind of deep cuts thing but it's really just whatever's been pre-programmed and they're just kind of rattling off some stuff and it's always the same five ta- songs and <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: I mean th- there's there's an aspect of kind of some of the streaming um or some of you know the serious radio like i I, I kind of loved liked what uh, you know little Steven was doing, yeah, you know and uh Co Molina from Cohen and the, you know the knockouts and the dirt bomb she's local. But she doesn't. I think she doesn't. They were moving her around a lot, but you know, they you can do great sets on the on the Sirius or the streaming, but also it's still just like one step removed from that live experience with listener DJ. It's still one step removed, and and Ferndale Radio, I think, um, you know, is the one of the outlets in our area um, where you can still get that live on air interaction and you don't know what's going to happen that I did not know (laughs) right that Chuck was gonna like walk into our lives at Rust Belt that one Saturday um but I'm so glad you did And, and, and that's kind of like the the spontaneity and the spark that you know you just can't get on other forms of media
0: yeah yeah and I think it's really cool that um because the signal is uh you know it's it's very local, but you can get it, you know, like you said, across the across the world, really. So if folks have you know know Ferndale or know this area, then they can kind of spread their wings, go, and still you know keep uh, keep a little tab on the local scene. So how does Ferndale Radio like as far as like local bands? What kind of programming and um, I guess outlet does Ferndale Radio provide for like local musicians?
1: So I know um our board and I know Michelle and Jeremy and Dave um have always made it the intention to be of um an outlet for local musicians, local bands, local festivals. I know you know, um Ferndale has developed a summer schedule with a lot of uh, music festivals. Yeah. Um, and I know that they. They have uh, relationships with the programmers of the festivals. My understanding is that is something that they are really trying to build out. So Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, bands throughout Michigan, bands throughout Southeast Michigan, um, we just need to make those connections between the programming on Ferndale Radio and the local hyper local, the bands, um, the Michigan bands, especially the Michigan bands. Um, because I think, you know, some of the national touring acts, um, you know, they're kind of, you know, the national touring acts, I think, you know, they have their, you know, press agents, they have their kind of routines, they have their kind of structure. It's really the, in the same way that the community radio aspect of, um, Ferndale radio, um, is something that the corporate media can't really replicate, like the having the local bands on um I think is just like a, a marriage made in heaven because it's like it's it's bolstering the legitimacy of uh Ferndale Radio as a community radio station if you're having bands from the community on the radio station. Yeah. The way it's worked in the past, and um, you know, like I said, there's a whole many DJs, um, over the years who have, you know, had spots and, and, and worked on the programming a lot of times it'll be, Hey, can you come in um, during the, you know, the 12 noon hour and um, talk about your show and maybe play a few songs. The problem is, and you, and you were there, (laughs) our studio is really tiny. Yeah. The actual Ferndale studio is immensely micro tiny. So, um and that's one of the reasons too, we leave the door open. Otherwise it gets that really yeah, like
0: claustrophobic
1: <laughs> feel. Yeah. Um, so like setting up a drum kit, setting up, you know, a whole uh, set is, is not really practical right now. Yeah. Um, but I know Chris at Rust Belt has talked um, in the past of, you know, opening up parts of the rust belt itself for, and they do, they do live music there. Yeah. Um, they, they do a lot of great activities at the rust belt, including like weddings and parties and all this stuff. And so, um, just making those connections between the bands and for the radio are vitally important. I would say we have to, as a radio station, um, it is a priority and we just need to make those connections. Um,
0: yeah, because I for think the, it would for be. The I think it would be like a huge seller. Because I've talked to other people in Southeast Michigan, um, it, music, musicians in particular, about like um, there's a there's well, first there's like just a ton of great music here, but I think it's still sort of under the radar in some respects because you know you got a town like say uh, Austin or um, I don't know. A, thinking of Austin, because they are just known for music, Nashville. Um, Whereas Detroit used to be known for that, that Detroit area, uh, Southeast Michigan, and it seems that it isn't as much. And I think that would be a a great way for um, to kind of, you know, either print media, radio, all these types of, you know, podcast streaming to kind of, focus in. And yeah, like you said, if you can get the connections with the local musicians and get some of that into that, into the mix, I think that would help, you know, the folks that are really into your like band X at this national band, they listen to a local band, and they go, Oh, you know, sort of similar or something I really like, you know, but they didn't know about them. And they're playing right down over at, you know, the Loving Touch. And it's like, Oh, cool. I can go down there and check them out, you know? So yeah, that would be cool. would be awesome.
1: Yeah. And I think that's um, something that, you know, you know, you could help with and like those type of connections. And that's what's exciting about, you know, building on week to week, the people we meet at the Rust Belt, the people we meet on our shows is that, you know, you do feel like you're building connections, building, you know, networking with these really incredible, awesome musical artists and uh, or people. Beyond just like the musical artists, just like the people who love music, because it's funny when people, and that's why you are such a great, you are so great because you know we leave that door open, and people walk by, and you can you can tell the people that are curious, you can tell the people that are like, oh my god, don't look at me, (laughs) and then you know there's like you, and you were just like, yeah, let's get, let's do this, like let's talk about music, let's play some songs, um, and that it's it's just that fervent love of music, that love of you know bands um that's what uh, we hope we can grow with Ferndale radio um, week to week and um, yeah, I know that's what we go in there for is you know to try and um, you know talk about these bands, these music, these musicians, these songs that people love. And um, yeah, kind of just keep the radio going, keep the keep the local music scene. It's It's funny when you when you bring up Austin or you know, Nashville or some of these other towns,, um, you know, that are currently in favor, yeah,, uh, you know, nationally as far as hubs of music. And I, I do have a really strong point of pride you know for for this area I, yeah. I i just feel like we have such a a legacy here um with music in in michigan and detroit and southeast michigan in particular like we you don't just get to be detroit rock city or the motor, you know the motor city or motown or you don't you don't you don't get to ha- wear those badges without some hard work and i and i do feel like the generations before us you know um and there's i think there's all kinds of socioeconomic economic reasons why like you know motown flourished and and what and how like you know the stooges and mc5 like got their sound and like you know the you know john lee hooker and and how his like experience in detroit helped craft you know blues music. And, um, you know, with that, and you go into like the techno and the Bellevue three and like how their experience, you know, shaped that whole genre of music. And I, I did, I'm just always fascinated by the kind of layers of Detroit musical history. And I do feel like we do have to do more in the current day to kind of popularize, um, what's going on now. And so an outlet, um, like Ferndale radio is a perfect opportunity to kind of bolster that next generation of uh, incredible music makers, because it's been proven that whatever it is, it's either the Detroit river or, you know, the climate or maybe it's the industrial fumes or <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Right. But Detroit, I mean, in this area is our historical, uh, you know, legacy is, I think unquestioned globally even oh yeah
0: for sure um
1: that that requires us all to kind of step up and, and do what it takes to preserve that and encourage the next generation
0: yeah for sure and i think it it also and i was thinking while you were talking that um we we really need like some leadership from the folks that are marketing the tourism to michigan um to kind of play on that that fact that we do have great music and that there are all these clubs and that you know it's not just about um cherries in traverse city and uh you know uh i don't know the river walk which is awesome but you know there's more to detroit there's more to ferndale there's more to royal oak than just bars or restaurants you know there's other things other things that would drive you want you to come here and I think that's the piece that gets missing. I think that's the part where me and and you and Ferndale Radio and fans with bands can kind of like hopefully reach somebody a, a little, you know, up in the tourism area and say, "Hey, Pure Michigan, you know, talk about these things." You know, I, I, that's why I think I, I think it needs that kind of it needs that money and it needs that kind of focus because because the yeah. music's here. I mean, I'm I see it all the time. I'm going to go to um this weekend. Um, this will this will go out. Well, after that's out, but uh, there's FuzzFest. It's three days. A, a local um, musician, uh, Chris uh, Taylor, uh, who used to be in, well, he's in Mazinga. He used to play with, um, he actually knew Ron Ashton and uh, he's a younger dude. But uh, anyway, um, he's putting on this festival, you know, FuzzFest, which is like kind of DIY rock, punk, hard rock, you know experimental stuff and it's you know it's awesome but you know if you're not in the know as far as being in, in ann arbor or you know pay attention to what's going on with the blind pig or something like that it's you know it's kind of lost so yeah yeah and
1: <laughs> I, I i no i i think you're entirely right about kind of the leadership um i i, I look back on some of the earlier periods um and i think like the geography of kind of where these venues were um you know whether you're talking about the grandy ballroom yeah. or you're talking about you know some of the raves or you know the techno that was going on um you know we need kind of like that location um that you know maybe austin or nashville you know, they have that strip or they have that like mile of, you know, venues and, and it's really easy for a tourist to, you know, fly into Austin. And, you know, I, I don't know what the street is, but, you know, I know there's, uh, you know, uh, an avenue of, uh, you know, bars and and, and concert venues and stuff like that. And Detroit's a little more spread out. You kind of got to know where to go. You got to know the Blind Pig or you go to the Majestic or, you know, L Club, you know, everything's kind of a a little more spread out here. It's not just like, oh, drop me off here and I can see 10 bands and, you know, two blocks. Yeah. but that but you're right, that is only communicated through like knowledgeable, you know, outreach to people. I I I, I there's times though, I have to be honest with you, Chuck, where it's like <laughs> I've been to Detroit shows and uh, maybe it's just like the old timer in me and maybe it's just like the get off my lawn in me that's starting to develop. <laughs> but like i i sometimes are like come on this is detroit like people on their cell phones or people like oh, sitting yeah. on their hands <laughs> like it really bugs me like when i go to some of these shows and kind of You know, the the audience participation is not what I would expect out of a Detroit audience, you know. And a lot of these touring acts, you know, they know about Detroit. Like, if if you're a musician, I don't care if it's, you know, punk or rock or techno or, you know, whatever. You know Detroit and you know Detroit's history. And if you're coming on your tour to Detroit and a bunch of, like... (laughs) People show up on their cell phones, and people are not like engaged. Yeah, you know that's on us. And so I would also just say, like, if I could just give my little like stump <laughs> speech, is like, yeah. Detroit, go to a show and represent. Like, yeah. be a Detroit. Like, you know, get off your hand, get off your hands, get off your phones. Like,
0: yeah, or like, stand around the- in the back. Yeah. Like, so the band's up front in a small club. Everyone's standing in the back talking. Like what the fuck. Yeah, get
1: buzz. Bothers- bothers the hell out of me get get up front
0: and just pay attention if you don't like it then i get it right you can do whatever you need to do but there's got to be at least a handful of people that are like oh yeah this is cool i want to check it out right
1: oh yeah oh yeah no that that
0: drives me crazy too when people are sitting in the back of the club going what the hell why aren't you up front come on right
1: oh yeah oh yeah and i you know it's funny i just i feel like there's kind of like a duty that maybe a duty, if you're going to a concert in Detroit, you almost have a duty, I think, to kind of maintain that legacy. And maybe you don't have that same legacy to uphold if you're from Columbus or St. Louis. But this is Detroit Rock City. Come on, people. (laughs) Let's go. That's right. uh, But, you know, it's it's fun. And so the thing about the bands and the community radio – I really think like that is a key part of how Ferndale radio grows in the coming years um, is incorporating and being a nexus for live music, for local bands. Um, I, I I think, and I, and I know the leadership of the station. I know Jeremy and Michelle and uh, Dave and uh, the whole board. Yeah. They see, they see the, the same way. It's just kind of like orchestrating that and putting yeah. that to practice. Cool. Um, but I would also encourage, you know, just like people earlier, we were talking about people who were interested in DJing. Yeah. And I know you're, you're really big on this with local music and local musicians. So please, um, yeah, go to Ferndale Radio.com, find that email. And yeah, if you're a band, Send Dave or send them an email and be like, "Hey, you know, we'd love to come in and talk to Jay on, you know, Saturday right. and get out of bed at eleven in the morning, you know, ten in the morning, <laughs> and come out and talk to us. We'll have you. We'll have whoever on the radio. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, but I think um, that's
0: cool.
1: Yeah, no, it's great and it's part of the open door. And again, I keep harping on this, but I just I love this aspect of it. We were on the radio earlier this summer." and uh there's a gentleman who walked by and i noticed he walked by because he he slowed down a little bit and he was like trying to figure out what was going on and then when he figured out what was going on he kind of had like a little nod and then and then about three or four minutes later you know because rust belt there's so many great artists there there's so much great stuff there it's such a great place to you know kind of wander and and uh check out all the incredible wares that are available and uh so this guy did another lap, came by, stopped, and I'm I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, we're on the radio here. You know, us. You know, usually my intro is, do you have a music? Do you have a song? Would you like us to play a song? Like, right. who's your favorite artist? You know, just trying to get somebody to think about music. Um, And this guy's like, well, actually, <laughs> I'm the tour manager for the Whalers. Oh no! And sure. The Whalers were actually playing at um, the magic bag (laughs) in Ferndale that night, they had played the night before in Columbus and they came in on their tour bus and they were, (laughs) the actual whalers were sleeping in the parking lot in their (laughs) their, uh, tour bus, but uh, the tour manager had gotten up and he was just, you know, he had a coffee and he was just kind of checking out Ferndale, Michigan. And uh, so we had this great impromptu, uh we did a bunch of Whaler songs and that's what's really cool too is about the fernell radio we just um we just pull up whatever songs we want and we just play them fam- the leadership have have uh, her- taken care of all the you know the legalities yeah, lady, and, and yeah. allowed this the licensing um, but the DJs are pretty much free to play Whatever we want Short of, you know we're, No profanity No, yeah. like, really offensive stuff But, um you know short of that we can play anything and when when the tour manager from the whalers was in studio we just brought up about six great uh, whalers tracks and he was able to talk about them he was talking about talking about the tour and um yeah it was just it was great it was very spontaneous moment another a great example of why community radio is just yeah it's it's so unique yeah
0: that's such a treat though, you know, for anybody listening or just being in the vicinity, you know, because they're just like, wow. I mean, how often, like you said, that's a a huge plug for community radio because how often are you going to get that kind of experience where somebody just comes in and all of a sudden, Oh, they're the tour manager, you know, for a major band. And you're like, Oh yeah, let's play some tunes and hang out and talk about music. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's such a great vibe and, and it's really kind of, what got me, get what got me into the kind of the ferndale radio was just this idea that we're, we're going to play some tunes, we're going to talk about some tunes, we're going to laugh, we'll probably, you know, say some stupid stuff or, you know, <laughs> reminisce about, you right. know, some show we saw um back in the day, we'll meet, we'll probably meet somebody new, we'll hear a, a song we haven't heard before, and it's just such a eclectic uh exciting uh you know, time on the radio. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're just trying to, you know, do our little part. Like I said, I feel so fortunate um, for the work that's done behind the scenes because um, it's not easy. I mean, if, if you yeah. and I just like right now, we're like, okay, um, we're going to start, uh, you know, Royal Oak radio, or we're going to start Ann Arbor radio or, you know, it, it takes years to kind of go through the red tape to get through the process so we can get these songs and we can get these uh, community voices on the air. So I'm, I'm always eternally grateful for the work that goes on behind the scenes. Not only the, the technical work of, you know, making sure that signal goes out our little 20 foot tower and streaming right. on radio, but you know, the fundraising, cause it's not yeah. cheap. It's not for free. So, I mean, it is nonprofit, but it doesn't mean it's for free. Yeah. Right. We got <laughs> right. We got to do the fundraising and, you know, all that stuff. So there's so much work that goes into it behind the scenes. I just feel so grateful that Saturday mornings I can show up, you know, open the door, flick on the mic and just play some great tunes.
0: That's awesome. So so how did you get uh, involved with, you know, like what was your uh, journey into music? Did you have a musical household? Did you play an instrument? Were you in a band?
1: I would say I did have a musical household. My mom, my mom was, my mom and dad were really, um, you know, I was born in the seventies. So like seventies, you know, she was big. They were big on, you know, the Beatles of course. And, um, you know, but she would play a lot of singer songwriter stuff. And it was just, it was always on. That's what I remember about my childhood. That there was always like a record spinning or a tape deck playing, and um, yeah, it just became really part of my makeup. Um, but I, I never played in a band. I never, um, I never perfected an instrument. In fact, we were forced to play um, choose an instrument in grade school um, for one year, and I picked yeah. the saxophone because even then even as I think this was like seventh or eighth grade, even then I, I just intuitively knew like saxophone is so freaking cool. Like, (laughs) you know, um, John Coltrane and Dexter Gordon and all these guys, it's just like, that's, that's the instrument, right? Like um, the sax. And so I had these visions of how this (laughs) like white suburban kid was going to like, grow up and like play in some CD jazz club in Paris one day, <laughs> but I never put in the work. I never put in the work. I love the image, right? Yeah. I remember being yeah. in front of the mirror and I just like have that sneer looking at yeah. on the sacks, but <laughs> I never really put in the work. In fact, um, I'll do a shout out to my buddy, Alan Bogle. I remember I, sh- I sat next to Alan Bogle for our, um, the actual recital and I hummed all the point parts (laughs) while Alan played all the notes and I just kind of like moved my saxophone that was like the height of my musical like stage life but I always loved music um went to you know high school I remember like sitting in the parking lot of my high school uh in Warren I went to uh deal cell in Warren and um I remember my buddy Jamie Lapacolo. Um, we started talking about Led Zeppelin. This was like late eighties. And um, so I was born in seventy three, so I really missed out on like live Zeppelin. Yeah. But I was kinda like that second generation of, you know, um, you know, being exposed to, and I remember Jamie I was talking to Jamie one day and I'm like, Do you know that one song that goes da 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 And he was like cashmere like he had to like <laughs> explain to me like what Cashmere was and I'm like oh yeah where did that song come from and Jamie had this had um this really cool older sister and it's like the stereotypical like older sibling who like had all we the had great all those, albums yeah. and uh yeah so we just started going through all the Led Zeppelin catalog the Alice Cooper catalog like awesome all those albums and uh, I remember yeah we just go out on lunch breaks and, and just like just jam out to uh you know 10 years gone or song oh, remains the same. Yeah. Just great memories and then when I went to college I went to um uh Central Michigan University in Mount Pleasant and they had a really great uh they have a really great student uh campus radio station, and they have a public radio station and uh I actually was in the broadcasting department and uh, I got to do a few spins on the the radio. I didn't have like a show. Um, I was more in the video department. Um, but I was able to, as part of the curriculum, to get on the radio a few times. And um, I just loved it. And then like the whole college environment of meeting people who have wholly different musical lineages than you. I mean, right. that's really where I started you know, roommate loved jazz, so all of a sudden I, you know, was exposed to jazz. And then, you know, another roommate uh loved the honky tonk uh country stuff. So I remember awesome. listening to, to a lot of that for the first time. And uh yeah, it was just a great period of uh musical exploration and then and and that really kind of uh cemented music in my life it was just like yeah i'm always gonna go see shows i'm always gonna buy uh records i'm always gonna you know go seek out live music and yeah i've been fortunate now you know i turned 50 this year and I was, i look back on it i'm like man i've had great runs of you know seeing shows seeing bands like i i feel like you and i i mean people <laughs> talk about best eras to grow up in i mean i feel like yeah, I missed out on some of the stuff in the '60s and '70s, and you know the yep. yeah you know, the jazz stuff of the '50s, and yeah, I missed out on all that. But we got we had a we've had a nice run. Oh, say, for sure. Oh, that's yeah, years. yeah.
0: I definitely feel uh, very fortunate, you know, to get into because I got into heavy metal like you know, well, I think um, the hard rock stuff started with Kiss, but then you know progressed from there. But you know. I've been able to see like that the whole rise of all that stuff, you know, and got to see Iron Maiden open up for, you know, Rainbow and stuff. So it, it like I feel totally privileged, got to see Rush or like not not as early as I wanted to see them, but I, I did get to see, yeah. you know, moving pictures. So um, but yeah, you know, and then the evolution of all these bands and now they're you know, rushes, well, no more. But, you know, the 40th anniversary tour they had or other bands that are doing like a 35th anniversary of this album or that album, you're like, wow, I was, I, I saw that band when they started, you know, like Alice in Chains, you know, got to see them at you know, the uh, uh, St. Andrews, you know, when Lane was still in the bands. like, yeah,
1: Oh know. my God. One of my greatest, uh, I, and this is what, this is what I love, Chuck. I love kind of <laughs> talking about, this is my sweet spot. It's just like <laughs> talking about shows the, so I didn't get to see Allison Chains when they're at St. Andrews, but I saw when they were at the State Theater. Oh. Um uh and I I'll never forget this. We had worked our way down to the front of the stage um before the band came on. And um there were all there was this rustling behind they had the curtain drawn, and there was all this rustling, and you could hear them like tuning their instruments and like and then all of a sudden um the curtain in front dropped and there was this huge cargo net um that was across the stage and lane was like embroiled, he was like kind of like entwined like a spider in a web and he had those glasses on and he was just like <laughs> snarling and they did uh, i think they started with we die young oh man and i was just like oh my gosh this is like the most <laughs> incredible start to a show ever yeah, And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just stuff like that. It's just <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I, like I said, I've been very fortunate. I've seen some really good shows. I've been, I've been, I've been fortunate.
0: Awesome. So what was the first show you ever went to? <laughs>
1: it's so funny. We just were talking about this the other day because, um, why did this come up? Something about the Rolling Stones. So 87. So I, uh, that was my like classic rock phase for sure. And, uh, you know, I had I had an affinity for like the early stone, like not the early, early stones, but like um, yeah,
0: beggars banquet or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, Exile Main Street. Yeah. Um, just some of my favorite albums. By the time they got to 87 and the steel wheel stuff, it was like, OK, they're still <laughs> crafting nice songs but it's not like the stones of the 70s yeah, you know it's not sticky um, fingers <laughs> it's not sticky fingers right exactly um but they were they were they were playing the silver dome and um the opening band was living color and, oh wow uh, living color was just breaking you know with cult of personality yeah. and that monster riff and i was just like <laughs> I, I wanted to go see The Stones, but I was probably more like hyped to see a uh, Living Color. Yeah, and um, so I went to that show. Was at the Silver Dome. It was packed, and we actually I actually s- sat in the last row of the Silver Dome um, <laughs> on stage left for Rolling Stones with um, Living Color opening up, and yeah, that was my first one. I think I was f- uh, what was that? I was like. No, I had to be 16 because we drove there. Cool. So I was either like 16 or 17, but um, yeah, that was it. Was a awesome. great memory, and you know the stones were the stones, and um, yeah. So that was my that was my first one.
0: Awesome. So I know this is super hard, but like, what was one of your most memorable concerts you've ever went to? Like something oh. that always sticks with you, and if somebody's like, "Oh man," you know they just for you it's like man that was a show
1: um well there's been a there's been a few yeah this is really hard cuz there's yeah. like 5 or 6 that are fluttering right to my the back of my eyelids right now um <laughs> competing for the nomination <laughs> um but i'll i'll say um well flaming lips i saw flaming lips play at masonic um in the fall of i think it was 1999 or no the fall of 2000 and that was the first time i ever seen flaming lips and they were incredible and they ended their set um with a enormous confetti cannon and no one from that show escaped unscathed from the confetti everybody was just covered like literally covered in confetti it was like a blizzard of confetti. <laughs> um, and back then we used to always, we uh, used to always go to like Lafayette, uh, Coney Island afterwards, and, you oh, know, cool. get some food. And, right. and, uh, and um, so me and my buddies uh, sat down in the center aisle and uh, we were covered in confetti. And the, the, there's this guy there who worked there. He's called, his name was Nemo. And, um, he, Demo, his name was Demo. Yeah. I'm sorry. And uh, Demo uh, saw that, th- that this group of girls were walking in and they were also all covered in <laughs> confetti. So he knew, he didn't know what was going on, but he sat them right across from us. And so, and immediately we knew, like, oh, these are the coolest girls ever <laughs> just at this Flaming Lip Show. Right. Um, and so we hit it off and we started talking, and numbers were exchanged. And um I ended up marrying one of them. What? So I really? met my wife. Yeah. So I met oh my, my God. wife after a Flaming Lips show at uh yeah at Lafayette Coney Island. Holy so crap. That's that one that one's gotta be the most memorable one. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, but 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 uh but yeah, as far as like just flat out, you know, um experiences, uh yeah, there's been a there's been a few of them um i know it's tough because there's yeah, yeah
0: so many shows it, and you're like oh i remember this and this and this
1: <laughs> yeah no it's very very tough um well i remember um so you know the band proto-martyr there's this yes band yeah. yeah so proto-martyr they're out right they're kicking ass right now they're they're awesome detroit band and uh they played this bar down in the cast corridor called jimbos jumbos jumbos and um it was a thanksgiving show and so in this bar it's it's uh it's a dive bar it's really spartan on the inside <laughs> But they uh, for Thanksgiving, they set up like a turkey and they had stuffing awesome. and So people go <laughs> people there. Um, but once they started playing, the band was just like so in their element and so tuned in. And uh, and uh, the place was packed. It's a small bar, but it was it was absolutely packed. It was sweltering on the inside, even though it was freezing on the outside. <laughs> and the stage is just this really like small six inch riser. Um, so they were basically in the middle of this yeah. crowd playing these, this set and just tearing through it. And I remember I somehow had worked my way up to the front and I was people were jumping up and dancing or just like. And at one point I kind of my momentum kind of threw me up. It was like a leap, but then the leap was assisted with like the crowd push. And next thing I know I was in the ceiling, it was a drop ceiling and my head was like protruding through the drop ceiling. And I was like, Oh my, and like tile dust is like flying and falling on people and um man just like the shrieks of just like pure unadulterated joy it was just like and the band <laughs> didn't stop they just like right. rifled through their set and uh, <laughs> that one always comes to mind because it's fun and yeah um but yeah i've been very fortunate very fortunate to see a lot of a lot of great music over the years
0: awesome is there any uh bands that you um haven't seen that you hope to see um That are still potentially doing some tours and stuff stuff like that. Or new bands that you're just like, oh, I really want to see them live.
1: Um I would say the there's this um it's funny, my my daughter, um, all three of our children have kind of really generated some really great um of their own personal taste, you know. That's cool. And yeah, it's, it's been really cool. And it's not necessarily anything that, uh, you know, we played a ton of music and we took them to a bunch of shows. Um, in fact, the only time I've been to Red Rocks out in Colorado, uh, we took the family to see Flaming Lips because oh, of the, awesome. the connection. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah,
1: that was an incredible show. I remember there was so much weed uh, at that show <laughs> um, and our kids were all young and um but the, the cloud was just so prevalent. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and um, you know, he comes out in this, uh, he does the thing where um, Wayne comes out with this uh, bubble and he gets in the bubble and he kind of like, stay. you know, crawls over the crowd. And it's really this like, r- it's a variation on like stage diving or, you know, kind of like yeah. walking the crowd. It's very cool. They pull it off. Um, but I remember it was like my eight year old, he wasn't even eight at the time. I think he was maybe younger than that, but I think they had, you know, they were being affected by this, (laughs) this my my son, he was so, and he's got the sweetest, like biggest eyes. And he just looks up at me and he's like, dad, when is it my turn in the bubble? (laughs) He wanted wanted to have a turn in the bubble. Um, that's when I was like, okay, we're going to go to the parking lot now, but, um, (laughs) But that was a great show um but yeah but so my daughter she she's really turned me on to like the whole uh phoebe bridgers and um Boyd, there's this band called boy genius that's um like um it's phoebe bridgers Lukey, lucy lucy dacus and um julian baker barker i think and uh you know they they have an album out right now. They're touring it. We didn't. I didn't get to see him on this tour, but um, I would say that one. That one definitely pops up as, as one I would like to see. Um, again,
0: awesome. Um, yeah.
1: So I would go with that one.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, Jay Jason, thank you so much for being on Fans with Bands. I really appreciate it. And I've got one last question. That yeah. is, pineapple or no pineapple on pizza?
1: <laughs> Pineapple. Pineapple. All right. Live a little. Live a little.
0: <laughs> Any particular uh topping uh combination do you enjoy?
1: Oh man, I pizza i mean music i love music but i love pizza almost as much and um, again that's another thing man i this is one of the reasons i feel blessed like i grew up we grew up in this area we grew up in detroit which in my mind has the best musical pedigree of any town on the face of the earth and i also believe legitimately we have the best pizza on the face of the freaking earth i mean how lucky was i to be born with the best music and the, and best, the best pizza, pizza. <laughs> yeah but uh no, I don't think there's any bad toppings. I've never been scared of a topping on a pizza. Um uh I had somebody gave me a pizza recently that had uh, had honey on it. Like it was a, oh, really? it had honey drizzle on it. Um I think they called it like the like the stinger, the East Side stinger or something. I don't know. Huh. But that was a delicious pizza and I'm like, "Honey on a pizza?" No. Yeah. That, that that was, that was good. So I, I just like, I want to support experimental um, musical <laughs> artists. Yeah. I want to, exp- I want to support the experimental pizza artists out there. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to poo poo pineapple. I'm not going to, whatever you want to, whatever you want to put on there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'm a, uh, i am I like, you know, I like pineapple in its place, but not on the pizza. I just,
1: I that's, that's, that's a I fair, know. fair point. Um, but, <laughs> Maybe you should live a little, Chuck. Come on. <laughs> I bro. know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Awesome. We went, down to, we went down to Cedar Point one time, and uh, we were stopped at some pizzeria in Ohio, and uh, they put macaroni and cheese on the pizza. Really? It was like macaroni. It was like totally.
0: Holy cow.
1: I thought it was going to be disgusting. My kids were all into it, and I'm like, that's not so bad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, Jason, yeah. thanks again. And... Uh, I'll be sure to be tuned in to Ferndale radio.
1: Yeah. And please let everybody know whether you're, if you're a band, if you're an aspiring DJ, please reach out to Ferndale radio. We want to make those connections. Um, and yeah, Chuck, thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing with fans with bands. Cause I think it's, you know, it's of the same spirit as Ferndale radio. So we just support each other and, and grow it out.
0: Cool. Sounds a good, man. All right. Take it easy.
1: All right. Take care, Chuck.
0: Many thanks to Jason for joining me in this episode of Fans of Bands. It was so cool to talk with Jason about Ferndale Radio and how he got involved with them. This small community radio station with a little studio in Rust Belt Market is awesome. If you're in the area, stop by or at least tune in at 100.7 FM. You can also stream Ferndale Radio live at their website. Be sure to keep up to date on shows and events through their website and socials. See the show notes for all the details and links. Bands are nothing without you, the fans. Purchasing music and merchandise is critical to their survival. If you can help out your favorite bands, please do. If you're in Michigan, consider following the Playing in Detroit area tonight and SE for Southeast Michigan Music Facebook pages. They are fantastic places for bands and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show, telling your friends, telling your neighbors, telling your family, telling your priest, tell everyone, and leave a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jam.